through the whole process. In Jesus' name we pray. And all the saints said, amen. Jesus will meet you. Luke 13, verses 10 through 17. Jesus will meet you. You hear Brandon say that all the time. And Brandon had been hit with so many things, so many things. I'm hoping that he remember his statement. I was kind of wishing that he'll be here to see how I pulled it out a little bit more for him. But uh, this this whole idea, uh, Jesus will meet you. You probably know the story. If not, you will this morning. It's amazing. As long as you're healthy, don't don't get sick. Don't have anything that is um, uh, out of ordinary. Make sure your teeth and everything else is reasonably sound. Because if people see any variance, they have a prejudice. And we're going to look at this woman for a few moments. And this woman, where her whole life had been going through some real changes. Now, please understand, I don't want to be misleading. I'm not saying that this woman was that age, that old. I just took a picture to give you an idea, okay? Um, I don't know if the Bible does not say how old she was. But I'm just giving you an idea of the condition that she was in, okay? And so, and he was teaching on this, uh, uh, in one of the synagogues in the, on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit demon, I put that in there just kind of clarified, of infirmity, 18 years. And she was bowed together and was not able to be completely erect. And when Jesus saw her, good theology, El Roy, God sees. When Jesus saw her, it wasn't the first time, <laughs> but when Jesus saw her, he called and said to her, woman, you are delivered from your infirmity. Now, if you remember last week when we were talking about the centurion, if those of you who were here last week, remember what the centurion said? Just say the word, remember? He said, you don't have to come out of my roof and everything else. You know, just say, he said, just say the word. He said, I, I'm, I tell folks to come and go. Just say the word and we know that it happened. Well, Jesus said, so Jesus, he spoke the word there, right? Watch what he did. He laid his hands on her. And instantly she was made erect. And she glorified God. Why did Jesus lay his hands on her when in another situation all he did was speak the word? Oh, if you can only understand the merciful and the powerfulness of God. He had the power to heal. But she's been going through this for 18 years. Oh, she, oh, she could have said, he could have said, you know, uh, be healed. And she would have been healed and she would have been satisfied. But remember what we said about feeling, to really feel wanted to, the, the whole idea of, um, of um, touch, words, Gifts, 
time. These are things that people need. And Jesus, these are basic needs of individuals. And when you touch an individual, that's why when you greet folks, usually, I mean, that's, you know, some folks, you know, but as a whole, you, you, there's a touching going on. There's a touching going on. And Jesus not only spoke the word, but he touched her. He touched her. There's a song that says, he touched me. He touched me and oh, the joy that fills my soul. Something happened. <laughs> but, but now I know. He, he touched me. He touched me. 18 years bent over, 18 years of her life, snuffed out. Family, family when you like this, you can't go to the, uh, to, uh, to the tabernacle to worship. You know that, don't you? Uh, so she, she, since she couldn't go to the tabernacle, she at least went to the synagogue. She still stayed in the, in the word. She still stayed with, God still found her in a place where she should be. Regardless of where you are, stay with the Lord. And answering the, the synagogue ruler being angry because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, they said to the crowd, there are six days in which it is right to work. Therefore, in them come and bring and be healed, and not on the Sabbath day. <laughs> and the Lord answered him and said, Hypocrite, does not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or ass from the stall and lead it away to give it drink? And ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound, lo, these 18 years? Be loose from this bond on the Sabbath day. And when he had said these things, all his adversaries were what? Ashamed. And all the people rejoiced for the glorious things that were done by him. Boy. You know, understanding dynamics of this, uh, this message title. When I said, who? Jesus. What the promise he will. How the plan meet. He has never missed an appointment. Why personal precious you. Jesus will meet you there. I don't care where you are. I don't care what you're going through. I don't care how long you've been going through it. I don't care how frustrated you are. Let me tell you one thing. Jesus will Meet you there. Whatever you're going to. And that's why the series of my, my messages and everything else uh, is, had been geared for our congregation um, on healing and everything else because of what our, be, our congregation has been going through. So, um, uh, thinking it through, consider our consideration will require uh, that we unpack the eight verses of Luke 13 to uh, 17 for clarity. Let us take three snapshots, the crisis, the uh, compassion, and the criticism. And as we take these three snapshots, um, then it takes us, takes the verses and we begin to look at it carefully. And as we look at it carefully, first we see the crisis. When we look at the crisis, 
we look at this, this woman, and it says, and he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, and behold, there was a woman. Now, let's not get past this word. It says, it says the word behold. That word behold means look at this. Check this out. There was a woman. And again, this is not disrespectful. That's the word that they use in the, uh, in that, during that time. There was a woman, very respectful, uh, who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years, and she was bowed together and was not able to be completely erected. Observation. I personally believe that her whole life, as she knew it, was put on hold for 18 long and difficult years with no cure in sight. Let's stay on the target by remembering several things. One, don't count God out. Our timing has a tendency to be in frequent conflict with God's eternal purpose. Number two, don't stop being where, where you're supposed to be. Be where you're supposed to be regardless of what you're going to. Don't permit your condition to force you to stoop to its level. 18 years bent over, everybody else going to worship, them, some of them very healthy, et cetera, et cetera, and here she is. And while everybody else is saying, what a beautiful, sunshiny day, she's bent over like this. And I was going through, and I was trying to say, well, what type of uh, condition is this? And, of course, me not being a physician, I'm, I'm hitting, I was hitting left and right and wrong every time, you know. Uh, and so as I was going over the list of uh, uh, things in, and uh, scoliosis, no, nah, that's they're going this way, and uh, this, and uh, no, nah, that's not, no, 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 this, no, no. Lord said, why don't you just look? The lady would bend over, eighteen years. <laughs> Stay with the plan, okay? <laughs> See, whatever it is, guess what? I want you to know one thing: God knew it would happen, okay? And whatever happen, God has an answer. There's a reason things happen in your life. Um, four, don't equate all illness as having a physical origin. You remember what, what had her bent over? It wasn't that she was sick. A demon was attacking her and holding her down for 18 years. And through the 18 years of a demon bending her, it seemed like God didn't care and God did nothing. But don't worry, wherever you are, he'll meet you there. He'll meet you there. 18 years, I can't imagine, I cannot imagine. I can imagine some of the conditions that I've gone through uh, as a young man all the way through life, they've taken all type of tests. They still haven't, um, they have things from my toes, things on my toes, all over my body. The doctors don't know what it is. Um, and uh, whatever it is, it's just, it's a state of dizziness every now and then. I've had it ever since I was a child. Going through the service has always, always been. Um, and they had me, the, uh, the EKGs, this every, they have done everything, okay. Uh, so then, uh, whatever I have, I've learned to live with it 
because Jesus will meet me. I will refuse to let it define me. I don't know what things you're going through. I just want to let you know that as Jesus, Jesus simply said, I don't care what your condition is. God sees. And when it's my time, when it's your time, he'll call to you and he'll go to you. Don't let the challenges of life define who you are. That's when you start getting depressed and everything else. The challenges of life say you'll never be anything more than this. You know what Paul said? Well, then gladly will I revel in this then. Now, that'll frustrate Satan. Man, <laughs> I'm inflicting these things, and he's saying praise the Lord. Then we, uh, we go to the compassion. As we go to the compassion, and answering the synagogue rule of being angry because Jesus had uh, healed on the Sabbath, they said to the crowd, there are six days which is right uh, to work. Therefore, and then come and, and uh, be healed and not on the Sabbath day. And Jesus answers and said, hypocrite, does not each one of you on the Sabbath day lose his ox or ass from the stall? And uh, either way, and ought he not uh, this woman being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan had bound, lo, 18 years, be loosened from this bond on the Sabbath. And when he said these things, all of the uh, adversaries were ashamed and all the people rejoiced. Now notice the several words we should consider describing Jesus' actions. He saw her. He called her. He said to her. He laid his hands on her. Three things that immediately happened Notice the word, and, and immediately, that's the timing, and she was healed. The demon and condition was gone, and she rejoiced. I mean, that's when you start seeing the, the conjunction with a function. You see, you just see it in that verse. And, and, and. When, when the Lord starts start really blessing you, and these things start happening, and this will happen, and, and this will happen. When God starts, when, start, when it starts kicking in, see, just hang in there. Just hang in there. Don't give up. I don't care how bad it looks. Okay, uh, God can make soup out of it, and it tastes pretty good after you finish with it. Just hang in there. Hang in there. Uh, uh, the criticism, and we've gone through the criticism there, and I, I read it there probably ahead of time. Uh, Answering the city of God, we did that. We call him a hypocrite. Let me go through this, go through this, and then we'll hit it with this here. Many times the first responders are haters. The rulers were angry because Jesus healed this broken woman on the Sabbath. Isn't that something? <laughs> this, this is, you see, that's why, that's why the danger of, of be careful the danger of leadership, that you worship the church and your position and the day, and people don't mean anything to you. Do you realize that that's where we begin to be in our school system? Do you think they're concerned about the children? I personally, I really don't think they're concerned about the children. Follow the money trail. Follow the money trail. 
In medicine, follow the money trail. In the courtroom, when the marriages are falling apart and they're trying to plead with the judge, the judge actually said to an individual, you're doing a great job, I understand what's happening, but sir, it's all about money. If you don't have it, you're out of it. And here is a guy who's angry <laughs> because Jesus, God, healed on the Sabbath. Have no respect on the Sabbath, for the Sabbath at all. He's one of the hypocrites and had the nerve to get angry. Usually the ones who are most at fault are the quick ones that have a quick temper. He, the ruler, took his complaint to the people and not talked directly to the person Jesus. Did you notice that? When he healed, he didn't say, well, Jesus may have talked to you for a moment. Oh, no, he's, they, they have a word, not a big word here. They, they have a word that they do out to show power. He pontificated his position. You know, I'm my head of this, this, I, so they call it pontificating. I'm, I'm the head, Andrew. I'm this, I'm this, this. And here's what I'm saying. When it comes down to the Sabbath, which everybody knows that's a good day, you know, yeah, at least you're going to heal. Don't do it on the Sabbath. It's too holy. <laughs> and the people, what are, what are the people going to say? See, because it's the religious community, that was their life. If you were kicked out of the synagogue, if you were kicked out of the church, how, when you sell everything else, your whole life was affected. So the people were quiet. They needed Jesus at that time. And then when Jesus turned around and said, you hypocrite, they said, whoa. <laughs> we were thinking that all the time. You, know? you hypocrite. Oh, boy. Then he was more concerned about the day, regardless of the seriousness of the dilemma and the miracle of the deliverance. Jesus gave the classic response, 15 and 16. He identified the level of his response, hypocrite. He gave a clear example to, uh, to uh, clarify his actions. He explained the significance of the miracle. The woman was bound by, then he used the word, not by them, he said, by Satan. He said, do you realize she was bound by Satan for 18 years, and you want her to come back after the Sabbath to be healed? Excuse me. Mr. Preacher, and when Jesus finished talking, all of his adversaries were embarrassed. You see, when Jesus shows up, he shuts every mouth, puts everybody to the shame. When Jesus shows up in your life, let me tell you something. He's going to make a significant difference. And when, you, when, you, when he does, just keep walking. Don't look back. Let the, hand, the Lord handle all that mess, okay? 
He just, let Mr. Clean do his job. You just go ahead and enjoy life and take a deep breath because Jesus will meet you there, right where you are. Whatever you're going through right now and all of the frustrations and, and uh, all of the, sometimes you just, it was, get a rubber cat, kick the rubber cat all over the place, whatever you had to do, you know. I understand, bless your heart. But understand something, as you finish that, take a deep breath and understand, he's on his way. I'll meet you. In your darkest hour, in your points of frustration, when you don't know what else to do, I'll meet you. I'll meet you there. There were so many times in my life when uh, uh, the pressure was overwhelming. Still had to do Bible study. Had, had Bible study with the college students. Had to do um, uh, the messages, counseling. And then um, um, at the time we had a few minor um, uh, challenges on the board. Uh, vehicle, having problems with the vehicle. My brother's foot was crushed. My mother, again, was dying. We were trying to find property, and people were saying, when are we going to find a place? The place that we found, we thought we would get, the alderman had snatched it away. And I was going past there for the last time, and I was going down Western and, and, start, and in the van, and and as I, as I sat there, I took a deep breath. <sighs> and oh my, it's just this down right, it's just down racket. And the Lord said, Why are you sitting here? Go home. Go home. I got this. I got this. I, I, I remember, it's just a memory now. It's part of my history. And I'm saying to you, I once was there. Not anymore. There's nothing that could be said, I think, or nothing that could be done. Because I learned a secret. Wherever I am, Jesus will meet me there. Wherever you are, whatever you're going through, don't look at the time clock. Don't look at the circumstances. He will meet you there. Do you believe it? Faith coming by hearing and the hearing of the word of God. Do you believe it? And if you believe it, then you will do just like that woman who was bent over when she finally going to the synagogue. This was her last day, her last day, not looking at the sky. Her last day looking at the ground all day. Her last day hearing people have to kind of look up to see their faces. Her last day of what all the other embarrassments of a woman, that her last day and then he says, woman, thou art loose. And he touched her. And her world. And she rejoiced. Do you think she was concerned about what this, um, this, uh, this religious leader had to say? 
talk to the hand. <laughs> There's a hand that touched me that changed my life. If you have any problems, you need to talk to him. Now, while you're doing that, I'm going to rejoice because he met me where I'm at. Let me tell you something. He will meet you where you're at. See, I'm not there yet. Okay, well, that's okay. I'm just telling you. Just, just jot it down because if you're not there yet, you will be. You, oh, you will be. And when you do, don't let Satan talk you into depression, frustration, and all these other things. Don't you let him do that to you. You're more than that. You're a child of the king. You got a future ahead of you. And he's coming to get you and me and all of the others very soon. Amen. So let's say one last thing then as we wrap it up. On the ordinary day in the very difficult situations, Jesus showed up. Regardless of what life throws at you, never forget that you are who you are and that Jesus will meet you. He loves you that much. He loves you that much. Remember when, when, when you're coming up in Sunday school, what have you, they had that little song, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. And he said, now sing it, children. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. For the Bible tells me so. And let me tell you something as we end on this note. Be encouraged this morning. Whether the sun is shining or whether it's rain or whatever the case may be, he'll meet you there. We serve a wonderful Lord. Now, let me pray for you. And if there be one under the sound of my voice, if you don't know him, I know you've been going to church and all these other things, but you never committed your life to Jesus Christ. You have never asked him to come into your life. You then admit that you are, quote, outside of his family, a sinner, and that Christ died for your sins, and admit that um, the fact that you can't save yourself, and ask him to save you right now. You can do that. And to the rest of us, Come on, saints. Stay with the plan. Stay with the plan. It's too much to be done in the time that God has given us for our lifetime. Stay with the plan. Father, I thank you for this time. Thank you for the saints of God. Thank you for all that you're going to do in and through each one of our lives. Great is your faithfulness. And I pray, Lord, that we get in the habit of putting you first in everything we do, think, and say. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. And all the saints said, Amen. Amen.